0: You don't even know what the trades are. You got no idea. That makes it better. Going in blind. That's all right. All right, let's do it. Yeah. Instinct. <laughs> Yo, 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 welcome to the Fantasy Addicts Podcast. I'm your host, Frank. I'm here with Joel, just the two of us today. Before we do get started, though, want to make sure the listeners are following the show on Instagram at the Fantasy Addicts and on the Twitters at the FB Addicts. Did I get that right, Joel? Yeah, you did. Shout out you getting it in early, too. I know. I'm unreal. Got to get a win on the board nice and early in the pod. How are you doing, Joel? I hope you're well. I'm well. Um, happy Australia Day to all our loyal listeners. Um, you know, one of my favorite holidays, Frank. I know it's right up there in your, you know, right up there with Christmas and Easter for you. Um, yeah, what are your Australia Day plans? Uh, not much, honestly. I can't, uh, I don't know if the listeners can sense this hint of sarcasm in our comments, but uh, no, it'll be all right. I uh, don't have to go to work. So it's a win. Um, But no, nothing too much planned. Might go see Maddie Barbs, might tell him how his dynasty team's no good. Um, But I think that's all I've really got locked in for the day, Joel. I know, is there races on? That's probably what you'd be doing. Yeah, there is. Um, You know, they no longer, so every Australia Day, number one, always wears Australia Day cut like Australian flag colours, no matter like what its normal colours are. And um, this year they're not allowed to do it anymore, apparently. So that's a bit strange, but, you know. Happy Australia Day, I guess. You see, Joel, people already didn't like horse racing. The only people that like horse racing are horse racing people, so it's like just a double whammy, you know? Yeah, they're not they're not winning. Yeah, they're not they're not winning any arguments whatsoever. Um, no. no, Joel, I know I told you what the today's show is. Do you know what today's show is? What we're going to be talking about? No, I don't. I don't really listen. Okay. See, I try to plan things and I try to be nice and, you know, give them all the help. No, it's it's the dynasty trade season, Frank. I'm all about it. Exactly. And it's no mistake that it's me and Joel in this podcast. We don't need those other two, sorry, two, three losers. Gee, Virgo's not going to be happy that I said that. The other three losers, because they've got no idea. They're not the sharps of our league. The sharps of our league, it's me and Joel and then the rest, as we like to call them. Um, Andrew's win now formula can't work forever he's gonna have to make some moves and maybe if you listen to this podcast you're gonna uh, get a little bit of advice um, what I've gone and done is I've scoured the deep dark web um, sold some organs bought some human traffic to a few people um, but I've been able to scavenge around 10 dynasty trades from the twitters been able to you know get some interesting ones together that we can discuss work through hopefully give an idea to the listeners about how we approach these trades and what moves we might be trying to make in the off-season. Does that that sound good, Joel? Is there anything else you'd like to add before we get started and into this first trade? No, Frank, always sounds good to me. Um, Ready to attack them. Yeah, Joel's a bit of a passenger, everyone. Um, I am going to get involved in this first trade so first up, if you're someone that owns Jamar Chase in a league, you're probably not going to trade him unless you're getting a really, really good offer. So let's find out whether what I've seen here is going to be a good enough offer for you, Joel. I think I feel pretty strongly about which side I want to pick. Um, team construction is very, very dependent here. So someone's acquired Jamar Chase and they've given away Devontae Adams, David and Joku and Brees Hall. How do you feel about that, Joel? I think that that's that's a good package. Is it a great package? I'm going to leave that to you. Um, we've got a league like 12-man, 10-man format here, super flex, non-super flex. I'm going to basically, for the sake of this show, we're going to assume that it's a super flex league. Okay. Um, so then it was standard case. So it's possible to are having getting two... St- Really good starters, or even three good starters, is a positive. If it's a twelve-team league, where you got to start, you got to start thirteen players in a twelve-team league, then it probably leans one way very heavily. But if you're playing in an eight-team league and you only start seven, then you probably then the Jamar Chase side becomes more attractive. But I'll I'll let you get into it. What are you thinking? I th- think I would take Jamar Chase but I can see why this was I, I don't know why you feel so strongly do you feel I don't know why you feel so strongly about it um I feel like he's getting pretty fair value on getting off of Jamar Chase and the person paying for Jamar Chase is obviously paying for a top three non-quarterback asset um in a 12-team super flex league so I don't know it's pretty fair I would have thought. I think I would take the Jamar Chase side as, you know, someone who, you know, in a normal 12-team league, I think getting the best player in the deal is important. Um, So, yeah, give me the Jamar Chase side, but I don't feel super strongly about it. You? Yeah, I think it's important to say that I actually think it's a relatively fair trade. Um, yeah, same. Based upon, based upon the trade, just looking at it objectively, it appears that the team that's acquiring Devontae Adams, Brees Hall, and David Njoku is a team that is competing. So if you're getting Devontae Adams at this point in the season, you're looking that you're looking to play him this coming season. And you're looking to get, you know, close to what Jamar Chase can give you points in your lineup wise. And I don't think that's an overestimation. I think If we get to the end of next season, Devontae Adams scored a similar amount of points to Jamar Chase, as good as he is. Obviously, you're paying for a lot of youth. Then you are adding Brees Hall, who was probably going to be, what, a top 10 at the minimum running back before he was injured. We expect him to be back and healthy by the start of next season. Maybe it takes him a couple of weeks to get acclimatized. Then if you add a top 10 running back who's, what, 22 or 23 years old, you know, arguably the running back one currently before Bijan gets drafted, but... He is that caliber of player as well. You're getting the running, almost, you know, top three running back. Devontae Adams, although he's not going to be a top, maybe not even a top 10 dynasty wide receiver, but he's right on the fence of that. But he's going to produce like Jamar Chase. So I think if you're trying to win, this is a good trade. Um, Can see both sides of the coin. I think we're in agreement. there, Joel. It really depends on whether you think, like where you think Grease Hall comes back to, um, and whether or not he can bounce back to, like, Brees Hall was the RB1 in Dynasty before the ACL, in my opinion. Um, it's whether or not you think he can quickly bounce back to, you know, the type of player that was, you know, remember when he was breaking off 70-yard runs against the Broncos, Frank? and no, I was going Yeah, he was Definitely. the man. Yeah, but, um, yeah, if you think he could bounce back as quickly as this person may, then, yeah, you can see the upside of, Acquiring Brees Hall off the injury. Yeah, just just for note, I actually do think he'll bounce back. I think he's going to be okay, just as a final note. Um, a trade that is a little less interesting, but also um, I think it's important as well. It's not just superstar players, it's not just superstar blockbuster trades that uh, make or break to dynasty leagues. It can also be moves like this where you can mitigate. I, I feel like this owner is going to be mitigating a bit of risk around a certain player. There is, uh, this one was actually a Twitter poll. So we actually have the percentages, which is interesting as well because it's far closer than I would have anticipated. But we'll see how you feel it, Joel. So we've got an owner acquiring Cam Acres and they're sending away AJ Dillon and a 2023 310. So 310, it's not worth that much. But you're almost swapping running backs. How do you feel about that, Joel? Because I'm firmly AJ Dillon. I think there's too much risk involved with Can Acres being completely bomb. I think Aaron Jones is either out of town or on a severely um, diminished contract, and Aaron Jones is still uh, – not Aaron Jones. AJ Dillon was still, you know, a late running back too. Cam Akers, I don't know if he's – I don't know what the Rams are going to do with Cam Akers. to be honest. It's just – it's a bit scary for me. That's how I see it. Yeah, um, both of these running backs kind of stink. Um, so they're really just like, it's a bit of a mid-off, Frank, you know, the where the, the photo with the two chicks and they're both kind of mid and they're having a mid-off. <laughs> yes. This is what these, happens when Andrew and Andrew run into the, each other in the house. This is AJ Dillon and <laughs> Cam Akers. Um I think I would take the AJ Dillon side. <laughs> Ah, uh, but I don't think he's very good. I think the Twitter poll would have been forty-one percent Cam Akers, fifty-nine percent the AJ Dillon side. How'd I go? Yeah, it's not not too bad, Joel. It's forty-five percent Cam Akers, fifty-five percent AJ Dillon. See, I thought it was going to be good. More, I thought it was going more emphatically AJ Dillon. I feel like you're getting, I feel like you're getting the better piece and the pick. I mean, the pick's worth not much, but it's beside the point. The pick might be the best player in the deal, Frank. Yeah, exactly. You might actually pick someone good. I feel like you're just getting another young player, another dart throw. I think Dynasty's about that as well, you know, hitting on some of those dart throws in the later rounds. Um, again, all-round kind of a gross trade, but I think it's still important to, you know. Yeah. they basically those as well because that. people own people own Akers and people own AJ Dillon. I mean, I traded AJ Dillon for Alvin Kamara, but, you know, not everyone's as good as me, are they, Joe? Yeah, that was a weird trade. Yeah, big win for me. Anyway. Weird, weird trade. Alvin Kamara's dying asset, but you know. Yeah, anyway, shout out Matt yeah, Barber. His... I already yeah. yelled and screamed on the last podcast about buying veteran running backs and how Alvin Kamara is going to give me another good year next year. Maybe, if he's not suspended. All right, rest up, King. No need to the playoffs. All right, next trade up. This one. Quarterback trade, Joel, and it's got a uh, your guy, Trevor Lawrence. Ooh, He's being yes. acquired with his best bud, Christian Kirk, and another wide receiver, Jacoby Myers. He's being sent to a team for Justin Herbert, Josh Palmer, and Rashad Bateman. How do you feel about that, Joel? Because After what we saw in the playoffs, it's very easy to get carried away and say Trevor Lawrence over Justin Herbert. It's easily done. We've seen Justin Herbert do it for longer. But I want to know what you think and then I'll sort of expand on what I think because I feel kind of strongly about this. Yeah, I kind of do too. I think I'm taking the Herbert side. Um, I think you get sort of a hidden sort of like a – Sneaky upside in what Rashad Bateman could be. Um, Josh Palmer's just kind of a yuck throw in, but like, you know, depending on what um, LA do in the draft, he might be their wide receiver three still next year, which has proven to, you know, have some flashy games in there as he did have this year. Um, I'm not all the way super duper high on Christian Kirk, so... He's kind of just, you know, you're sort of buying him at his peak. Um, I think Justin Herbert's still better than Trevor Lawrence. And who was the other one on the Lawrence side? Jacoby Myers. Oh, yeah. Average wide receiver. He's pandy. He's not changing the um, difference between, you know, Bateman and Herbert compared to um, Kirk and Lawrence. So, um, yeah, give me the Justin Herbert side, Frank. You, I feel like you're going to be the same here, but you hate my team, so you hate Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, see, you clearly don't know me that well, Joel. I think I feel strongly, strongly about the players in the deal. I think the deal's very fair. Um, I think you're very right about Rashad Bateman, and I feel stupid saying that. It's almost the upside of what Rashad Bateman could be, is the difference in the deal for me. But... I want to take this time to say I have I have Trevor Lawrence over Justin Herbert. I think that Justin Herbert has been slightly overrated as far as a fantasy asset is concerned. I think he's been slightly overrated as an NFL quarterback as far as I'm concerned. Yes, he scored a lot of points, and the, the upside's there. We've seen him flash so many times. But if we're talking about fantasy finishes, and now I'm – Basically, what I'm going to do now, Joel, is I'm going to pull up where he finished in fantasy because he doesn't—he hasn't finished as high as you think he has. Okay, okay. On I'm getting Go it on. Right now. I—I I don't know if he has finished this high, he, Frank. Like, like, like he finishes the quarterback two—not the season just gone, the season before that. That's great. Quarterback nine as a rookie, fantastic. But this year, he took a step backwards and finishes the quarterback eleven. And we're supposed to value him the same as Trevor Lawrence, who has clearly shown that he's taken his game to the next level. He's going to be getting more weapons next season as well and finishes a quarterback eight. Like he got outperformed by Trevor Lawrence, and you're getting the younger asset who was a better prospect coming into the NFL. So I think Justin Herbert's getting put into the group of Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. When really, he's probably in the group of Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, Jalen Hurts. So I don't think it's an upgrade to Jalen, uh, to Justin Herbert. I think it's just a lateral movement. So if you're a really Justin Lawrence, Herbert fan. Yeah, if, if you're me and Dylan Lawrence, would if you're Dylan Lawrence and he may or may not listen to this podcast, would you trade Justin Herbert for Trevor Lawrence? I would. Really? Yeah, I I actually wouldn't. I don't want that to come across as hot takey or reactionary to the playoff game. The, the minute so, before Trevor Lawrence came into the league, if you were playing in the Dynasty League and had the rookie pick and you had the 101, you were selling that 101, which is tre- going to be Trevor Lawrence, for probably more than what you would have to pay to get Justin Herbert at that time. And maybe still. I mean, yeah, so I don't I mean, see why we've then. Seen Trevor Lawrence without Urban Meyer break out, and now we value him less than Justin Herbert when he outperformed him this season. What well, do you want Trevor Lawrence, Frank? Oh, I think everyone should be at least doing their due diligence on Trevor Lawrence. I oh. don't know how much sense it makes for my team. I'm pretty set at quarterbacks, but Trevor you know. Lawrence or Jalen Hurts, Frank? it's it's tough it's actually really difficult because i love i think i probably couldn't do it purely cuz my own personal feelings towards jalen hurts um as far as longevity you're going to get a few more years out of trevor he yeah, relies on his legs less than jalen hurts um yeah I probably couldn't bring myself to do it they're probably neck and neck i you want a, you want a definitive answer don't you you don't want me to tiptoe around this No, I think I would probably trade in for Jalen Hurts if you wanted to do it live on the air. Jalen Hurts is ever going to come off my squad. That's how I feel about Jalen Hurts. But that's fair enough. Value-wise, they're the same. I just want the Jalen Hurts, AJ Brown, Devontae Smith triple stack. Yeah, it's going to be hard to do. I'll I'll be honest, but I'll listen to an offer. I'll, I'll listen to it. Yeah, that's fine. We'll, we'll move on to the next trade. We we big. You're a big Trevor Lawrence guy. Um, hard to you know not be. It, it is very hard not to be. Um, this is a really cool trade that I actually liked. Um, kind of buys into what I was talking about on the last podcast about getting good veteran running backs. Probably isn't the way I would go about it, but let's hear it anyway. Um, we have got one team again. This is a Twitter poll, so it's actually got some percentages. Um, one team is acquiring Nick Chubb and a 2023 302. And then the other team is acquiring Deontay Johnson and a 2025 first. How do you feel about that? Um, initial thoughts is 2025 is a very long way away. And Deontay Johnson is kind of overrated. um, so yeah, give me the Nick Chubb three. Was it three hundred two? Yeah, yeah. Give me that Nick Chubb three hundred two. Yeah, so like I, I was think- saying, I I do agree that this is probably the cheapest you're going to get someone like Nick Chubb, and I don't hate the price, but I think at this point in the off season, you I feel like you can get him cheaper than that. I feel like you could have got him for a twenty twenty five first straight up. You didn't need to give up Deontay Johnson, or you could have gone Deontay Johnson in a second. I don't like giving up future firsts at any point, regardless of where your team's at. You know this. I've been, I've received a lot of flack for, for it in the past, and I still stand by it. I don't like giving up my future first-round picks, regardless of where I'm at. The the dynasty landscape moves so quickly, your team can go from a competitor to completely irrelevant um, in the space of six months. Shouts out Dylan Lawrence and Jack Burgess. Um, but, yeah, I would still <laughs> pick Chavs up. Uh, you liked that one, didn't you, Joel? <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a good shout out. I was wondering if we we're gonna go wheels or those two, but yeah. Um, that's good. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Now that I think about it, like Deontay Johnson, Nick Chubb, like I don't know, how big is that of a difference for you? Oh, just as far as the difference maker in your lineup, I think it's a big difference. Um Again, if you're – I hate to cop out answer, but if, you, if you've if got like a start 13 and you're starting like six wide receivers and Deontay Johnson's like your fifth wide receiver, you're feeling pretty good. But if it's a – if you can – and you've only got like – it could be like a two running back league or something like that, then yeah, maybe Deontay Johnson holds a bit more value. Um, but in a standard sort of league where a lot of people still play dynasty leagues where they're only starting – eight or nine players, even in the Superflex League. Nick Chubb's um, far more valuable. So I, I still lean Nick Chubb. Um, again, you'd be paying. If he comes out and he's still a you know a top five running back, which is what we expect with the Sean Watson-led offense, um, we expect the Browns to be good. He's going His price is going to go a first and a second in week one, week two of the season. And you, you won't be able to get him because you'll have a competing team that's hopping onto it. Yeah, look, that's probably agree. We are so sharp. I was on the same. And unless Kenny Pickett makes a big leap, like how much better can Deontay Johnson? Like, I get it. Deontay Johnson's probably going to catch more than zero touchdowns. But, you know, I don't don't know whether he's like a complete difference maker in your lineup with Kenny Pickett at quarterback. Um, You know, George Pickens in his second year. Um, I'm not even a no, fan of George Stelzberg. you 100% right. 100% right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next trade. Next trade. All right. You'll like this one, Joel, actually. You know, we can almost compare it to what uh, he was acquired for in our league. We have Justin Jefferson acquired by himself. Surprise, surprise. He's a very valuable asset. Um, sent away. Again, This I'm going to very much assume this is a super flex league. Kenny Pickett. DJ Moore, the 107, and the 206. Straight away, I think that this is not enough for Justin Jefferson. I think that whoever acquired Justin Jefferson's made a great trade. It's clear the team that traded him away is in need of a quarterback because Kenny Pickett should not be moving the needle in this trade as much as it clearly is. Um, and DJ Moore, good wide receiver, maybe a great wide receiver in real life, but not a great fantasy wide receiver. 107 it's not close enough to the top of the draft. And then 206, again, doesn't move the needle for me. So I I clearly feel that this is a highway robbery. Justin Jefferson owner should be very happy with themselves. Yeah, so just, just clarifying, you were sort of cutting in and out. Kenny Pickett, DJ Moore, 107, 206? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, no, nah, not quite enough. That 107 would have to be closer to like a 107. 10- one three. Yeah, 102, 103 kind of pick where you could justify, you know, getting up to the elite quarterbacks of this year's class. And then, you know, value wise, you sort of would be getting fair compensation for trading away Jefferson. But um, yeah, that pick's not high enough. Kenny Pickett's not good enough. And I don't believe the. Well, I'm a, I like DJ Moore, great player. Unknown what's going to happen with his quarterback situation next year. But unless his quarterback situation drastically improves, um, the difference between him and Justin Jefferson is a lot. Literally, it's literally um, double almost. Yeah, it's um, a lot. So, And obviously Justin Jefferson, you're going to get him for ages. He's in, what, fourth year coming up. Um, yeah, probably. Oh, you can say arguably, but is it arguable, Frank, best wide receiver in the league? Uh, it's not arguable. He's the best. I guess Garrett Wilson has something to say about it. but um, <laughs> Yeah, he yeah. and Aaron Rodgers are going to look good next year. Ooh, aren't they? All right. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. Justin Jefferson. Jefferson. <laughs> no, just Justin Jefferson, that's all. Well, tell the listeners what um, he was acquired for in our league. Justin Jefferson? Yeah. I'm trying to remember it exactly, so I don't want to butcher it here, so I'm actually going to pull it up. Um, Give me one second. Yeah, it was Armin Ra St. Brown and two first round picks, I believe. Give me one second. I want want to be exact about this. So it's like, you're paying up. Um, Here we go. So it was Armin Ra St. Brown, Elijah Moore, Cade Otten and two first round picks. 24 and 25. To be fair, it's a 24 and 25 first round pick. It's not a 23, like in this trade. Hmm. And you but also have... one th- probably worth close to two firsts almost. Yeah, Amin Ra is um, very, very good. Yeah, that's the kind of package I'd want for Justin Jefferson. We spoke about the package um, with Jamar Chase as well. Um Again, that one was. I, I actually like that one. That package to Jamar Chase, but this is a really good one by Lawrence. Shout out to you. It's about the only good trade he's ever had in the league. So, good job, man. Yeah, he he's made some hours. We could we could actually just do a podcast based on bad Lawrence trades, and we would have content <laughs> for hours. That's actually a good one. I'm noting that down. We are going to do that because it's just very very funny. Did you see the one I sent in the other day that he got for Aaron Jones? Oh, it was like two first round picks and plus or something on there. That was like it was it was fucked. It was like Devonte Smith, the one oh two, and someone else really good for Aaron Jones. God, he's good, isn't he? Oh, it was horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next one I've got. I like this trade actually; it's quite uh, quite a good one. Um, you can see what both teams are doing pretty clearly. So we have Jahan Dodson, the 111, and a 2024 first. Obviously, we don't know where that's gonna be. Let's value that as like a mid 24 first. And then the other team acquired T. Higgins and Ramondre Stevenson. Thoughts, Joel. I missed your last little bit there, sorry. You cut out. Oh, sorry. Um, so it was T. Higgins and ramondre stevenson acquired for jahan dotson the 101 111 not the 101 god that would have been good and a 2024 first um give me the titty higgins side um i think he's the best player in the trade the 11 was on the other side yeah not quite like it's fine but it's not you know what what are you realistically getting at the 111 you're getting a dart throw you probably get one of those um, you know running backs in this year which you know people seem to like as prospects but unless you really get one that's drafted um, with at least a two capital you don't really give yourself too much of a shot um, of being a you know a real bell cow bell cow back or you know what is left of being a bell cow back in the NFL unless you're drafted in the first two days, um, and to a great landing spot. Um, and you also Ramondre Stevenson was on the side with Titty Higgins. Yeah. Yeah. You can easily see the Patriots offense improving in, um, 2023 and, um, you know, they just got their new OC Frank. Did you see that? No, I didn't see that. Who is it? hope he's good. Did, did, did you actually know who it is? Because, like, no, I'm no. not happy with it, but people are actually reckon it's fun. Everyone reckon it's good. No, well, who was it? I actually haven't seen it. You're going to hear it and you're going to go, fuck, that's awful, like I initially did, but then I read the Twitter comments and everyone's it's like, not, it's good. It's not Nathaniel Hackett, is it? No. It, <laughs> you could argue he's just as bad a coach, though. Oh, so it's like a failed head coach. Bill, Bill O'Brien. O'Brien. Bill O'Brien. He used to be the quarterback whisperer, yeah. like Billy, big bad Billy Bryan. Well, I guess. If, as long as you don't let him GM your team, um, maybe he'd be fine. The Texans really gave Bill O'Brien the keys to the franchise, didn't they? I that I remember that he was the GM. Remember when he traded DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson? <laughs> David Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Not even the good David Johnson, the corpse of David Johnson. Yeah uh anyway, um, yeah, give me T. Higgins' side. Um, he's, I think, the best player in the deal. And, yeah, you, your thoughts? I think that the both both sides of the trade have a fair point. If you're a team that come up short and you clearly see that your team's not there and that you there's an opportunity for you to get some draft capital, get worse, you own your first-round pick. Like, imagine if you just made the playoffs or you missed out of the playoffs, 12-team league, if you can quickly get out of T. Higgins and Ramondre Stevenson who are gonna produce and get yourself some draft capital this year, get yourself some draft capital next year, your own your first, and then put yourself in play for Marvin Harrison Jr., then I can see I can see a world where this is a good trade for that side. But if we're talking value, it's T. Higgins and Ramondre Stevenson. Again, a competing team, if you can add those two pieces to an already good team. Like imagine if you're the team that well, actually, if they've got the one, if they've got the one eleven here, from reading this correctly, they've got the one eleven. They lost in the championship game, and they've gone and added T Higgins and Ramondre Stevenson to their roster. That already tells me enough that this is a good trade for them. Mm, yeah, agree, hundred percent. I'm glad I noticed that detail. That's actually really important. Yeah, this team's already good. They're getting another good weapon or two good weapons. Um, Covering two position or groups as well. Yeah, I yeah, like That That's in, in the lineup every week, those two. <laughs> yeah. Are you a big Jahan Dotson guy? Um, I like I do like Jahan Dotson. Like, I think Curtis Samuel's not going to stick around. Terry McLaurin's probably a little overrated as a player. Um, I think, I don't know, I feel like Terry McLaurin gets a pass for being mid at fantasy because they just say, oh, it's the quarterback's not good enough. Like, he's just been – he's okay. He's going to be the wide receiver eighteen. And But that people seem like, to think he's like an elite wide receiver. I feel like him and DJ Moore get put in the same bucket and DJ Moore is clearly better. Yes, that's – I was about to say that. I was about to say that. Like, let's – yeah, DJ Moore is a better NFL player than Terry McLaurin and I hope we don't get too much hate on the Twitters for that. There's going to be some rabid Commanders fans – Um yeah, well, at least, you know, your quarterback situation sucks. I, have, I probably have more faith in the Panthers to sort out their quarterback situation before the Commanders. But, uh, yeah, I 100% agree. Let's move on to the next trade. This one here, it does actually say that it's a 10-team, one quarterback. So, we don't really delve into one quarterback very much. But, you know, we're big super flex fans. Love the quarterback position. Uh, go Jalen Hurts. But your boy, Joe Devonta Smith. No one's boy, Chase Claypool, the one ten and the two and the two four for the one hundred and one in a single quarterback league. I think it's a resounding the one hundred and one, and it's not close. Well, so yeah, the one hundred and one. Yep yeah, you get John Robinson for what was it again? Devontae Smith. Yes, good. Chase Claypool. Throw away. You might as well not even have him there. 110 2-4. See, in these one quarterback leagues, that 110 and the 2-4, they really get bumped down because the quarterbacks are so less valuable. Like, you don't really need to take a CJ Stroud, a Bryce Young, a Will Levis, Anthony Richardson um, with premium draft picks, which means you're getting a tier lower of wide receiver and running back. So I think I'll take Bijan Robinson. Even if it um even if you want to just trade for the 101 and you don't necessarily want Bijan Robinson, I feel like with all the hype around Bijan, you can get more than Devontae Smith, Chase Claypool, um, and a couple of lower picks. So yeah, give me the um Give me the 101. I don't normally I'm not a big, you know, trade up guy, Frank. I don't really like to trade for the best. You never get a like. you never get a good deal. Nah, but um I feel like you sort of are in this case. Yeah. Another one we've got here involving T Higgins. This is T Higgins bought basically for picks straight up. And this is Superflex as well. It's T Higgins for the 106 and the 206. So first and a second for T Higgins. I don't know Twenty-three. How I feel about it. Twenty-three. Yes. Um, I don't know who you think you're going to get at the one That's going to be better than T Higgins. Like, if you take, you know, who's going to be there? Jackson Smith and Jigba probably goes before it. I don't know. Do you think Addison? Like, if you're taking Addison at the one o six, he's fallen to there. A few running backs creep up. The quarterbacks go. You're hoping Addison can be as good as T Higgins. You're like banking on yes. getting any value out of the two six, which is fine, but it's a tall order. But yeah, like if initially, if you say I'll take the like initially, you hear it and go, oh, first and second this year for T Higgins, it's probably not bad. But then you put the players to the actual pick, and you're like, gee, I hope, I, game hope game. There is, I hope Johnston's as good as T Higgins. Yeah, with Joe yeah. otherwise, he's gonna have a contract extension soon. Yeah, you you really um. I mean, obviously, what you maybe what you can do with those picks itself is more valuable than T Higgins. Like, I don't know what you can turn those picks into that may be better than T Higgins. But um, I think actual T Higgins is better than the one o six, and I don't know. I feel like if I'm winning a trade, is the two o six really gonna swing it for me? Maybe, maybe not. It's a mid second round pick in a 12 team league. Like there's whiffs there all the time. So I think I would take T. Higgins, but I can see why you'd want the picks. This is one of, this is probably the closest one we've done in a while, Frank. This is the closest one since the first one for me. Oh, okay. Interesting. We've got two more trades left. I've got, we've been through eight. I figured 10 was a nice round number for us, Joel. Um, this one here. It's gonna be Chris Alave acquired for George Pickens and the one eleven. What do you think? Chris Alave for George Pickens and the one eleven this year? Yes. Obviously, that's how you must know it's the eleven. Um oh I'm not a huge George Pickens guy, but I know there are a lot of people that are George Pickens guys. Um He's got a cult following, George Pickens. Doesn't he? Like Look, I'm not you know in that it. I'm not like totally against him either. Nah. Um and like realistically you can sort of re-roll. Like, obviously, you had a big hit in drafting Chris Alave with a mid to late first round pick this year. You could sort of take a really hypey George Pickens as like a upgrade, not an upgrade, but a downgrade, and just re roll that pick into this draft, which is perceived to be a better class, um, and hope for the best, or sort of just take what you've already profited in Chris Alave. Um, yeah, and just like ride him out. I feel like it's low risk, high reward. By by tr- keeping Chris Alave or trading? No, Chris Alave? By, by getting Pickens and the 111. Now, George Pickens, I think he can be not only a good player, I think he can be a great player. And that's what Chris Alave was. I think George Pickens can be as good as Chris Alave, and then you get to re roll that pick, the 111, like you said, Joel. Um, you can almost go one piece into two pieces with the same value. So I think that's going to be a really good way to kickstart a rebuild. If you were the team that took Chris Olave last season, you've hit on that pick. You're very happy. Still, you're not, you know, your team's not ready to win a championship. You still need lots of pieces to get into your lineup. You're hoping George Pickens can be um, one of your staple wide receivers. Then you can go and get another one with the one eleven. I think that's a good way to turn your rebuild around really quickly. Um, I like the premise of going and getting a good wide receiver if you're the team that, you know, they've got the one eleven they lost in the championship round. I like the idea, add another star wide receiver to your team, try run it back, try, you know, win, go over the top. I just don't think Chris Alave is that player. I think if it was someone like Jalen Model, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, maybe T Higgins isn't quite there, but if it was Armin Rice, St. Brown, someone in that, that tier, I'm trying to think of some other names in that tier, Joel. If you do, do yell out. But that's yeah, like hard. a pardon. I don't know, like a DK Metcalf or a um, Garrett Wilson. Yeah, but I don't know. Like, what's the difference between Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave for you? I just think Garrett Wilson's much better. I actually, yeah, I just think he's a much better player than Chris Olave. Yeah, I, I think agree. Chris Olave had every opportunity afforded to him and performed less than Garrett Wilson. Because although the quarterback situation, the offense for the New Orleans Saints was really bad, Mike Thomas was out all year. They don't have an established tight end except for Jawan Johnson. who's good, not great. And then, yeah, Mike Thomas out all year. Jarvis Landry missed significant amount of time, but he's almost irrelevant. He had no competition for targets. They didn't throw the ball to Alvin Kamara nearly as much as they have in the past. So I don't see yeah. the production that he got. It's he had significant volume, but there was no other players there. That's and like Andy I Dalton. About. Andy Dalton sucks, but he's still clearly better than like Zach Wilson, um, Mike White for every game except the Chicago game, and um, you know the corpse of Joe Flacco. Yeah. That's exactly my point. So I think, yeah, Garrett Wilson better than Chris Alabe. If this was Garrett Wilson, then I'm thinking harder about this trade. And I that pains me to say because you're the Garrett Wilson owner and I don't like you very much. That's nice. <laughs> All right, our last trade. And I've just realized T Higgins and Ramondre Stevenson are in this trade as well. That was an accident. Really? Yeah, but there's some other moving parts here. This is a, it's a di- very different trade. Um, it's almost like a retool for both teams. It's, it's, it's quite cool. So we have one team acquiring Tyler Lockett, Tyreek Hill, and Christian McCaffrey. The other team acquires T. Higgins, Ramondre Stevenson, 2024 third, and the 109. Um, I think this is the first side, and it's quite comfortable, isn't it, of initially hearing? The 2024 third, that's irrelevant. That pick means nothing to me. Um, what was it? Christian McCaffrey, Tyree Hill, and Tyler Lockett? Yeah. And for T. Higgins from Andre Stevenson, that pick doesn't matter. And the 109? Yeah. Yeah, that pick's not high enough. Give me the first side, and it's quite comfortable for me, Frank. Yeah, I actually, I I agree. I think um, the team that was giving up the 109 clearly finished relatively high up in their standings. They had T Higgins and Ramondre Stevenson who were good. But I think if you're swapping production, you're getting Christian McCaffrey and Tyreek Hill. That's a massive, that's a big bump in production the very next season. I think Christian McCaffrey showed that he's still got it. Um, Especially now that he's in San Francisco, I feel like he's going to be, protected more. I don't know why it makes me feel better about his long-term outlet, um, outlook, not outlet. I feel better about his long-term outlook now that he's in San Francisco as opposed to the Panthers because I feel like, I don't know, you just get belted 30 times a game and you're not winning any games. You're not going to want to do it anymore. Subconsciously, I feel like Christian McCaffrey would become less of a player through no fault of his own just by being in a really poor situation. Now that he's going to be competing for Super Bowls, I feel like he's going to be willing to put his body on the line. You know, players that are enjoying their football, they just seem to bounce up and not get hurt as much as players that are in bad situations. That's just probably just a mental... The bigger aspect of it is just he's going to be in scoring position a lot more of the time than he would be in um, Carolina. They can utilize him as a real red zone threat, um, something that Carolina probably wanted to do but couldn't do considering the amount of, you know, just the amount of times that they just didn't have the ball and didn't have the ball in the red zone. Got to get there first. Yeah. And the Niners know how to do that. Do they ever? They have, you know, Debo, Kittle, um, now, McCaffrey, Iuk. They have people that can get it there. So um yeah, and that's before you even add in like Tyree Kill, who's like clearly um elite. Yeah, and um, Tyler Lockett, who's just, just consistently a wide receiver too. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad we're like we're Tyler Lockett's going on be... the same page this episode, Joel. I'm impressed. Tyler Lockett's just going to be one of those guys that's going to continually outproduce what he's worth in Dynasty until he, like, dies. Yeah, exactly. I literally exactly what he's going to be doing. He'll probably still finish as, like, the wide receiver 16 next year and he'll be drafted as, like, the wide receiver 30. That is our last trade, Joel. So I don't want to uh, hurry you along or wrap anything up. If you do have anything... That you would like to talk about before we finished, um, go for your life. I wanna leave the uh the door open for you. Um yeah, just in regards to that Dylan Lawrence trade from um earlier on we were talking about the um was the one oh two Devontae Smith. Um and the other player was actually Travis E. T. N for Aaron Jones. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh. That's, I just looked it up before, and um, I was sort of holding it in there for a while. Just had it as a mental, you know, in the back of the brain to bring it back up. It's so bad, isn't it? Um, yeah. Once again, shout out to Lil Lawrence. Um, yeah. that's potentially up there with CD Lamb for Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Yeah, you're right. At least he got something for those pieces. Like I think Clyde edwards hilaire could be out of the league soon. No, I don't know about that. But yeah, that's that's bad. It's almost as bad. Almost as bad as my uh, Travis Etienne trade. It's become the Travis Etienne trade instead of the DeAndre Swift trade. That's how good uh, Travis Etienne is. When I got when I got Etienne two first. Oh uh, no, yeah. Etienne a first and two seconds, or two firsts and a second, and uh, yeah. And I got AJ Dillon as well, so it was like, oh, I, and I traded AJ Dillon for Alvin Kamara. It looks, it looks really bad when you add Alvin Kamara to the deal. It's awesome. Yeah, Shalim's made a couple of monumental mistakes lately. I'm gonna um, get it. And up. boy, is it gonna so cost it him? Me, it makes me feel good about myself. I know it was one first. Yeah, it was AJ Dillon, with Alvin Kamara. So it's Alvin Kamara, Travis Etienne, two seconds, and a first for DeAndre Swift. I I don't think you can say it's like Alvin Kamara. Like, you know, he didn't trade you Alvin Kamara. Yeah, but it, it really helps me sleep at night. That, that's, that's good, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah. Thoughts on the Tony Pollard injury before we go? Oh, no one likes to barrack for injuries. Um, yeah, it's not. It would be The only thing that could make it worse is if he was on my fantasy team. Um, sorry, Joel. As the Ezekiel Elliott owner. Oh, can't help but feel like it's a good thing for his value. Um, they've probably got too much money invested in the running back position to make any significant moves um, either in the draft or free agency. I think Tony Pollard, now that the injuries happened, doesn't garner as much interest in free agency. Which is, I feel genuinely bad for Tony Pollard because he deserved to get paid, whether it was at the Dallas Cowboys or whether it was elsewhere. Um, I think he then I think in that situation he comes back to Dallas, rehabs that leg, maybe takes a two-year deal, but these two year deals never work out for these players. They get run down for two years and then no one wants to pay them that next contract. Really such an unfortunate injury um for him and his career. But Dallas is probably the best place for him to, you know, rehab that leg and, you know, get back on the field and producing again. Yeah, the only thing like People like Chef, they reckon it's like, well, I don't know who reported it, but like a three-month injury, which that gives him like time to be back in time for training camp. But It's just like, it just feels gross. Like, you know, high ankle sprain, broken ankle. It's just like not ideal. No, it's not ideal. He, deserved, he deserves to get paid. Actually, yeah, he's probably one of the guys that I do feel bad for. Um, as far yeah. as injuries are concerned. Not a good, yeah. not, not good timing for your uh, dynasty league where, you know, you're looking to sort of gear up for next season, hopefully having, you know, whether he's in Dallas or elsewhere, you're hoping that he could give be a back-end running back one for you because that's sure as hell what he produced this year. Yeah, I kind of needed it too because, like, running back is the weakness of my team. Um, Joel, I know a guy. I know a guy. has got heaps of them. Yeah, I, I, I'm i getting. I I thought you were, you know, I got Bijan coming in. I get Brees Hall back. Um, I got a lot of picks in this year's draft, which is running back, you know, heavy. So we'll be right. We've got Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence. Wide receiver room is stacked. How about TJ Hawkinson coming good, Frank? Yeah, that we're was actually, while, we, while we're talking about a trade show, um, TJ Hawkinson. And the one o seven for Kyle Pitts. Has that been offered to you? No, I'm just you know throwing it out there, seeing what you think. I really like Kyle Pitts still. Like I'm, it's so it seems like you think like you're giving up a lot because T.J. Hawkinson's done it, and he's probably going to be a top five tight end. He's, but I don't think he can be. I don't think he's going to be someone that's going to give you a tight end one overall season tight in two overall season i don't think he's on the level of travis kelsey he's not on the level of mark andrews um he's probably in that like that dallas got it sort of range um but kyle pitts is someone who can be Travis Kelsey which is crazy but that's what that's what we were buying when he came into the league that's what everyone was buying that wasn't my opinion that wasn't your opinion that wasn't the fantasy community, that was everyone was in a Grandster Pitts is the best tight end prospect they have ever seen, ever. And I'm willing to be wrong about that, just based on if you, what would you give up for, if you knew you were going to get Travis Kelsey for eight years? You'd give up double what you just offered. Yeah, well, just, you know, it just scares me because like, what if TJ Hoggins and just, Outscores him again. Yeah, you look like an absolute idiot. Mm, I don't know. you still, still got another three years of being wrong before he reaches tra- uh, Tj Hawkins and a- Hawkinson's age. Yeah, I, I like I said to Matt barbara what are you like? He's been real bad on the trade block race recently, Matt barbara For someone who used to offer you shit trades like once a day, um, you know he's been a bit slack. So I mean, I know what him, you've got till it's gone. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, I said, Hopkinson uh, plus what for Pitts, And he took like a day to get back to me instead of first. And I said, you know, which one? And he goes, he said, you know, 23. And I said, well, stiff bickies. I'm going to offer you the lowest one I got. Um, <laughs> and he never really got back to me. So, but, you know, I, I never offered it. I didn't, you know, do anything. But, yeah, just thought it was interesting. Call him out. Call him out publicly. <laughs> No, well, I'm, just, I'm just putting it out there to you, Frank. I'm probably not. I'm not a huge Kyle Pitts guy. I just never really have been. I already have Drake London. I'm not sure how heavily I want to get invested into that Atlanta Falcons offense. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. interesting part of the offseason. I do enjoy Fun this. Fun way I'm to happy, end the show. I'm happy to talk trades whenever you want, Jolie. I have plenty of running backs for you. Whatever you need, I've got. Uh, I like a few assets on your team, so let's – uh. I'm sure we'll talk at some stage in the off-season about some more trades. Um, thanks for joining me um, tonight. It is night time um, down here where I am, down where uh, Joel and I are in Oz. Um, do have the day off work tomorrow, so I'm going to uh, enjoy that. Relax. Reminisce of me. Reminisce, yeah. Um, but no, enjoy your night. Take care. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. Make sure you're following the pod on the Twitters at the Addicts. And on the Instagrams at the Fantasy Addicts, nailed it again, Joel. I'm unreal. Two for two, baby. Exactly, wins only, and be sure that be sure to follow the Twitter because we're dropping um, incredible bets every single week. Um, if it wasn't for Charlam and his crappy Joe Burrow overs passing because he's too proud to take the same bet as me when I said that uh, the Bengals were going to win money line. And then remember when I said that the, the Jacksonville Jaguars, we're going to beat the Chargers money line as well. Yeah, I'm that guy, everyone. Peace.